Voices serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting trials and triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, founder and managing director of New You, with this week's guest. Welcome to another edition of New Voices. My name is Aaron. I am your host, and we are so excited to have this gentleman with us today. He is the founder of Birthright Living Legacy. He is a father. He is a husband. He's my friend. This guy here is the pseudo mayor of Tulsa. (laughs) Uh, if you need your car fixed, he knows a guy. If you need your hair cut, your line cut, your eyebrows done, he knows a guy or gal. Yeah. Um, he is a super connector. He's a man of devotion. He is a man of true integrity. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited that he's here on, to share his story with us today. I bring to you none other than uh, the one and only Marquise Dennis. Welcome to New Voices, Marquise. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Absolutely. It's a a pleasure to have you. I want to, uh, we always start with people's stories. So I want to take, I want you to take us back to growing up here uh, and uh, tell us the Marquise Dennis story. Well, uh, it's 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 about seven lives compiled into one. So I'll try to condense it as much as possible. So I was a uh, young man that grew up here in North Tulsa, Turley to be specific, uh, for those of you that are here in the Tulsa area. Uh, Turley is one of those unreached areas to where, you know, the modern things of, of today don't exist. There's not like a convenience store that's, you know, convenient. There's not a, um, you know, grocery store. There's not a lot going on out there other than a school. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, uh, I grew up in the height of the crack epidemic. And, you know, my my household was no different than the rest on the block. Um, They either sold or participated in those activities. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as a young man, I didn't know that what was happening around me was wrong. Uh, So I grew up thinking, oh, this is just what life is like. Uh, And then one day, um, you know, the world came crashing down when uh, my mom was was busted um, and kind of arrested for a situation. And when that happened, we ended up leaving the environment. And so as we left the environment we were in, I stayed with my grandmother for a little bit. And I mean, like two weeks, I think, was the little bit. And then went to a place called Broken Arrow, which is a suburb of Tulsa. And to give you an idea of the culture shock, I went from not seeing anyone that didn't look like me Mm -hmm. to only seeing people that didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, where did all these people come from? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, things like bowling alleys and 
uh, convenience stores and Brahms and all these different stores. And I'm thinking to myself, where did all this stuff come from? Mm -hmm. There was dry cleaners, you know, just stuff I'd never even heard of. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, like, man, this is crazy. And so I went on that journey uh, for a little bit trying to understand and uh, assimilate to that life and then went from that back to uh, the Tulsa area. And when I went back to the Tulsa area and I seen everybody that looked like me, I realized I started locking my doors mm. and started feeling uncomfortable and unsafe. And I was like, what is it in me that's causing me to feel unsafe around people that look, talk, and act like me? Mm -hmm. uh, and what it was is I realized then how powerful of a tool media was um, because in the media at the time, in the early 90s, I was just made to believe that people that looked like me were inherently bad or inherently violent or inherently evil. Right. And so through that, trying to navigate life, I uh, had stepfathers in my life and trying to learn from them, but not knowing who I was because my father wasn't around. It was just one of those things where I was like, I don't understand, like, why is everyone's life so much different than mine? Mm. And so in that process, I discovered a few things, um, went down the path of, uh, you know, the road. Uh, I don't know if it's more or less traveled, right. but uh, decided to become a street pharmacist, mm -hmm. um, you know, self-proclaimed, no college necessary. <laughs> uh, so I jumped out there and got off the porch, as they say. And started to um, dabble into running a business. Uh, and so as I started to run a business, I realized very quickly that a street business is a lot like a actual business, mm -hmm. but the consequences are way more right. uh, sincere. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't know the difference between the two, but I was working, um, you know, blue-collar jobs and all those kinds of things. I was a welder, um, working in de various different areas. You know, I was a phlebotomist for a little while. I've done almost everything under the sun to try it out. Mm. You know, people like my personality, so they would hire me without an application. <laughs> and so I would get into the job, and then I would get to discover whether I, <laughs> whether I liked the job or not. Yeah. And so through that, it gave me a lot of marketable skills that I didn't realize that I had. Mm -hmm. And so as I started to move up in my age and start to move up in maturity, I started to realize that I could leverage some of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, not just for jobs, not just for positions, but an influence. And so when I started to realize that influence actually had value, that's where, you know, like I said, the street pharmaceuticals of marijuana started to come into my life. And as I started to uh, dabble in that, you know, due to a bad car wreck mm -hmm. and uh, due to getting negative in my account uh, from uh, a child support thing, it made me have to reevaluate. And I was just like, man, what am I supposed to do with my life right mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Like I'm broke. I'm hurt. I've been on leave from this car accident, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm fixing to write a hot check to try to lean me over until. Mm -hmm. Get up to the counter. The lady says, Mr. Dennis, you're already $287 negative. Mm -hmm. And my world comes crashing down like a movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole bank starts spinning. I hang up with the person on the phone, and I just am sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Well, then she calls back and says, hey, Marquise, listen, I know you don't sell drugs, but... I got a friend of mine that said he'd be willing to give you a quarter pound of weed um, just based on my name, and mm -hmm. he'd give it to you for $225. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I don't sell weed, but even if I did, I could get it way 
wait a minute. Yeah. So I started doing the math in my head real quick, hung up with her, got on the phone, made a call, told a friend, be at my house in 10 minutes, bring mm-hmm. something with you. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, he came to the house. He's laughing. He's thinking, you know, I played middleman. I didn't realize that, you know, they hand out the same amount of charges, mm-hmm. whether you're doing Regardless. a favor. Yeah, yeah, if you're doing a favor for a friend or making money. Right. And one of my OGs had told me, man, you better make as much money. And when you sit down in that jail cell, you better say you had as much fun and lived the best life you could while you had the chance. Right. And so while I was there, I said to my friend, I was like, listen, I need to, you know, I need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. He's just laughing like, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. He said, but if anybody could do it, Keith, it's you. Mm. You know so many people. Right. And so that was one of the first times I really kind of took that as a, huh, is there a value in that? Yeah. And so I remember being in Oklahoma City one time, and I was just driving around with a friend of mine. He trying to show me the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, i never been to the city before, but I knew like two or three people. Mm-hmm. And he said, bro, how do you know so many people and you broke? Mm-hmm. And I was like. Well, I don't know any jobs that you can just charge people for being your friend, you know, other than owning a bar. Right. And so I'm not a drinker, so I don't really, you know. So these kind of things were swirling in my head at all times. Mm -hmm. I just always was wondering, like, what did people see that I didn't see? Mm -hmm. What was it that's going on that I didn't know? So as I started my journey into the street pharmaceutical world, I started to realize that the influence that I had, the connections that I had made, they all now started to reap me money. Right. And so, you know, my girlfriends at the time, they'd be like, you got people running in and out of here all the time, or you're always on the... And I was like, listen, every time somebody comes and sit down, that's 50 bucks. We're making money. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's at least 50 bucks. It could be as much as $1,000. So I'm going to need you to calm down. Right. And so for me, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. what was happening. Yeah. And so for me, you know, in that journey, I was just trying to really figure out, like, what what is my thing? What is my niche? Is this what I'm made for? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And then, of course, you know, as I grew, got bigger, mm-hmm. got great ideas, wanted to do impact, change the world, wanted to impact fathers, but I didn't know anything about the corporate world. I didn't know anything about grants and writers and, mm-hmm. you know, foundations and all that stuff. So the only thing I knew was, man, if I go to the cartel and get this cheaper, mm-hmm. I can have more money and I can do these great ideas I have. Right. So I tried that. And, you know, lucky for me, God had other plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long story short, ended up getting uh, jammed up mm-hmm. on that transaction. Went to pri- federal prison for 46 months. Uh, was sentenced to 51 um, then ended up getting a two-point conversion to go down to 41, mm. uh, but then ended up having a torn meniscus, and so they wouldn't let me leave. Uh, and so, yeah, there was all kinds of things. But I ended up staying long enough for me to realize yeah. a few things. Uh, so one of the things that ended up happening when I stayed longer was I kept meeting these people that were there because of someone else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, so my friend did this, this, and this, but because I didn't rat them out, this happened. I'm here. Somebody called me and kept asking me for money and then asked me, hey, could you get me this? And I sent it to them, and then I got jammed on this. So what that did was that started to teach me that my network was way more important than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I said, I need to decide now. What kind of person do I want to be? Who is it that I need to be? And I need to then identify the type of people that that person would be around or the type of person that those people would be attracted to Mm -hmm. in order for me to become that. 
And so, um, yeah, so I did a lot of work internally, man, read a lot of books, mm-hmm. um, started to get mentored by guys that weren't completely uh, into the criminal world right. and came back out. And when I came out, got blessed and, and met uh, a young man by the name of A.J., Johnson, mm-hmm. who is now um, the founder of Oasis, mm-hmm. uh, he introduced me to my uh, one of my great friends now and now boss as well, uh, Tim Newton. They, uh, you know, kind of sat down with me and talked, uh, but they had no idea that I had just gotten out of prison, mm-hmm. you know, a month before. So they're having a conversation with me, you know, they're like, man, this dude is sharp. Let's and so I was like, yeah, I just got out of prison and, you know, I'm trying to get my life together. And they were like... Prison? Yeah. Who who went to prison? Yeah. (laughs) I said, I did. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, for real, quit playing. And I was like, no, seriously, I I just got out. So I had to pull out my only ID that I had at the time, which was a federal penitentiary ID. And they were like, what? And I said to them, because I remember AJ asked a question. He said, bro, what do you need? What is it that you need? And I said, honestly, I just really need to be around powerful uh, Christian brothers, I mean, mm-hmm. that can be able to, um, you know, keep me accountable because it's easy in those walls. Well, it's hard to serve God in, in prison, yeah. but it's it's character-wise, it's easier mm-hmm. because you're in a tower. Yep. There's not a lot of temptation. Most distraction. I mean, yeah, yeah. Your distraction level is really low if yeah. you're not, you know, yeah. playing for a different team. Yeah. But when you're, when you're out here, I mean, there's no short of distraction. And there's also no short of... Uh, interaction of things that can happen. Cause like in there, you don't worry about water bills, you know, in there, you don't worry about, uh, your next meal. yeah, you don't worry about yeah. your next meal. You don't right. worry about going to mom's house for, you know, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking, man, one day I would like to, right. Where versus when you're out there, you got to think, do I go to mom's house for Thanksgiving or do I keep working? Cause I don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to make real decisions. Yeah. And so that led me to, like I said, getting myself together Uh, realizing how impactful I could be if I used those powers for good. And so as I started to use those powers for good, that started me on this journey, which landed me to you. And so super excited about all the things. Of course, I had to, you know, paraphrase a lot of my story, no. but it's it, it's just too much to 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 pack into one sitting. Yeah. Uh, but that's the gist of it. That's the the Reader's Digest version. What I want to go back to is your statement about you could you could have lost it all. And we talked about, uh, I made a comment about your credibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, you you talk about your upbringing, uh, being from Tulsa, from Turley, mm-hmm. what you've been exposed to. It was your normal, right? Right. And isn't it funny how like our, you know, coming from areas that we come from, our normal is illegal. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like 100%. it's illegal for you. And I'm not saying it should be legal. What I am right. saying is that like, it's also our normal, Correct. you know what I mean? And so it, it's very, uh, it, there's a re, there's a, uh, a reimagining that has to happen because mm-hmm. we're actually creating another normal. Absolutely. It's, we have to like redefine who we are, how we are. And so mm-hmm. when you're, when you're talking about, this the street life versus the the normal life we'll call it right right you have to 
you have to be able to, it's almost like coming out of the military into civilianhood. Like it's, it's a whole nother way of thinking, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to be able to take transferable skills from the military and now bring them into civilian life. Same thing. You have to take transferable skills out of the street life and bring it into civilian life. Right. And so being able to make that correlation, but one of the things that you've done well, Marquise, and I give you credit, total credit for this is that you are credible. You are credible. Your name is good, uh, and I don't know what it is in the street life, but your name outside of the, you know, in the in the regular world is a yeah. is a good name. Anytime I mention someone, uh, mention you to someone, uh, they, you know, immediately they smile. Marky, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna call him. You know, yeah. So there's always this connection back to you, right? Yeah. And I think that you know, Marquis. The reason why, or partly I think why you're doing incredible things is because you're first credible. Yeah. Right? Before you can be incredible, yeah. you must first be credible. Absolutely. And you, you have proven to be credible uh, in this in this conversion into to the, 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 the regular world. And now you're doing incredible things uh, within this realm, even as you're learning it, like you're learning the lingo and you're learning the, the lexicon and you're learning, you know, how do, why do I have to do this first? And what are the processes? Like right. all of that is, 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 um, is a learning curve, right? And yeah. you're, you're, you're diving fully into it. So kudos to you for that. I appreciate it. When you are looking at um, the evolution of Marquise and, and um, I think that, Life isn't linear, right? Yeah. We we life takes some wicked turns, right? <laughs> when you're thinking about yourself twenty years ago, we'll say, mm-hmm. what is something that current age Marty uh, Marquise would say to twenty years ago, Marquise? Like, where was his head at? Where? What? What would be some things that you would encourage him on? modern day Marquise. Yeah. So if I had like one bit of advice, mm-hmm. cause I, you know, I think about this a lot. Yeah. It's always one of those, if I knew then what I know now, Yes. you know, the one thing that I would do is master self. Mm. Discipline is the only, it's the key. It's yeah. the only yeah. thing that is needed for everything else. Yep. Like if we start talking about spokes, like, oh, I wanted to learn Spanish yep. or I should read more or yep. I should work out more, Discipline. healthy eating, it all goes back to that one thing. 100%. And it's not to say, hey, keys don't have fun. Yeah. It's to say, hey, listen, if you're going to go mm-hmm. this route, yeah. I'm going to need you to set up some serious boundaries yeah. and I want you to mash it. Mm. And 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 fully think about what you're doing as you're going because one of the things that I learned early, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm glad that it is permeating even in this life mm-hmm. uh, because in the street life, your name is everything. It's everything. It's, it's everything. It, this it, is why, like, you know, I remember when I got busted in the U.S. Marshal, they're fingerprinting me. They're like, all right, your name is Marquise, or what's your street name? And I was like, Marquise. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you mean? That's your street name? Right. I was like, I got one name. Yeah. He said, there's some, I said, my dad, I didn't have a great relationship with him growing up because we didn't know each other until I was like 13. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he taught me that I will never forget, 
He says, you got one name, mm-hmm. and there are certain things you better not ever have attached to that. Mm-hmm. Lazy, yeah. liar, right. cheater, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so right. on and so forth. And so I was like, wow, okay. And I started to realize that name is the credit card. Mm-hmm. That's what you get to use yep. as collateral and trading collateral, because that's all credit really is, yep. is being able to do that. So when I think back to Previous Marquis, mm-hmm. you know, he still was the same integrous guy that I am today. Mm-hmm. The dip, the difference is lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. Yeah, and so that came with lack of trusting father figures. Mm-hmm. You know, I had father figures, but you know, when it's not your own dad, yeah. you kind of discount things One that, that don't fit yeah. what you want. You know, what I mean, yeah. they was telling me good stuff, but it was like it didn't fit my narrative at the time. Right. So I wasn't as interested as I should have been okay. by saying, you know what, discipline wins all. Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I I I look I so I think discipline is definitely one of those things and one of the things that I kind of correlate with discipline is focus. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you don't have, fo- if you can't focus, you can't discipline <laughs> yourself to do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to stop and focus. Yeah. And I think that um, so many people's life is out of focus because mm-hmm. they won't take the time to focus. Yeah. Like, Silence the distractions, mm-hmm. and when you focus, your life will come into focus. Oh yeah, and then you'll be able to execute on things, you know, it, more succinctly. You'll mm-hmm. be able to execute on things like with greater precision because you're actually focused. Can you imagine a surgeon that is hungover from the night before? <laughs> And not focused, yeah. Or maybe not hungover. Maybe they just had a fight with somebody, mm-hmm. and they're not focused on. And now you're op- you're on the operating table, mm-hmm. and they're just having a moment at this time. Like they can't focus. They they're, it, you know. Oh, I, I didn't mean to. You know what? And they give you a call. We're gonna have to call you back two weeks Tomorrow. from now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I put I put your heart where your liver somebody, goes. Somebody's texting me. I got to see who posted on my yeah your social. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not focused. Yeah. You know. And so look look at the look at the collateral damage that takes place because you're not focused. Oh, yeah. Right. And and, and it, one of the things that I've had to learn is a Pomodoro timer. Um, and so what that method is, is a tomato timer. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is, you know, my wife bought me one and I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got time stamps on it to mm-hmm. where it's like 5, 10, 30, 15, mm-hmm. you know, 25, whatever. Yep. So what I do is knowing yeah. that I am quick to be like squirrel yeah yeah you'll drift yeah if i set that timer yeah and i say well for the next 30 minutes or for the next five minutes mm-hmm. i'm going to give my all yeah. and then the reward i get from that is a five minute break yeah. or a 10 minute break yep you will be shocked yeah at how long five minutes of a break really is mm-hmm. after you have just done 30 minutes of hardcore work right you're like Looking at the clock, like, is it time? Did it turn off? Because you're like, man, I done searched all my social. Yep. And now you still have three minutes left. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You can go to the bathroom, get you something to drink. Right. By the time you come back, you're like, man, I'm ready to get back to work. Yes. And so 
it's a muscle like anything else. Mm-hmm. You have to train yourself to focus. Right. I think when a lot of people hear people like yourself are talking about focus, mm-hmm. they're they're painting this broad spectrum like you were born, you know, your dad handed you focus. Yeah. Your mom showed you how to use it. <laughs> you were knighted, and then you just you know, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. came out of the womb yeah. just rocking. No, you gotta work on it. It's work on it. Yeah. It's just like anything else. Yep. Anything worth doing is worth sucking at first. That's right. And if you're not willing to suck at it first, yeah. Then what what good is it going to do? Why should I have to be around to keep you in line every day? Yep. You know what I mean? That, that to me as a as a leader, you know, I always have to tell employees, man, listen, if I have to tell you what to do every day, all I'm day, I'll do it. I said one of us is unnecessary. Yep. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? It's one thing to bounce ideas, it's one thing to um be able to kind of craft to make sure that there's things that you're not missing, mm-hmm. but for you to be staring at me, waiting on me to give you what you're supposed to do even though I've already cast a vision, mm-hmm. I've already given you the what, I've already given you the tools. Mm-hmm. How is up to you. Yeah. I brought you in because you have a different perspective. I you have a different viewpoint or a different skill than I have. Yeah. But if you need me to think of the way how, yeah. all right, well, it was great to know you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Man. Okay. So let let's go into uh forty six months locked away. Mm-hmm. And um when you I heard that gavel bang and say, "This is your, this is your time." Yeah. How did you feel in that moment? Like, what, what, what went through your mind? <laughs> so the funny thing is, is when he said, 51 months, bam." Mm-hmm. The very first thing I said was, "One, two, wait, that's not twelve. That's more than 12. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, wait, did he say 52 weeks? <laughs> I said, wait, did he? Wait, what, 51 he months. Up. He messed up. Yeah, he I was like, it. wait, 12 and 12. That's 24. Wait, hold up. You're talking about more than two years? Bro, oh, what's going on right now? That's the funniest thing I heard today. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my original thought was, wait a minute. He, he got did, it wrong. He said something that wasn't 12. Yeah. I need to hear 12, homie, like, yeah. or less. Right. You just said double digits that started with a five. Five. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Are, are you sure you're talking about me? Do you have my file? Well, they got all in 51 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And yeah. I was like, ah. And it took me back to the moment when I met my attorney. And my my public defender walked in. He was like, hey, you know, just like in the movies, he got all the files, all the files and stuff. Yeah. And yep. he sat down and I was like. Man, I believe in God that I'm not gonna have to go to prison either. Oh yeah, you effed. Yeah. And I said, What? He said, Oh yeah, you going to prison. Yeah. He said, We just trying to find out for how long. Yeah, how did we yeah. And I was like, What? He goes, Oh yeah, you going to prison. <laughs> you might as well get that out yeah, of here. Yeah, the head. marshals and stuff is involved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah, Mar- going, listen, yeah. US Marshals, ATF, uh, CIA, FBI, L- all the alphabet boys. I got them all. Oh, ICE. Wow. The whole nine, helicopters, local police, fire department, ambulance services, they blocked us in. It was crazy. Oh, wow. It was like a scene out of a movie. And I told, I was like, do y'all not see all these police over here? Nah, man, it's good. I said, bro, look at all these police over here. And sure enough. It was there for you. There for me. I never seen that many AR-15s in my life. Wow. Still to this day haven't. And I've been to several gun shows. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was a sight to be seen. Wow. A sight to be seen. And then you think to yourself, 
what am I missing in my life mm-hmm. that the U.S. government sat down and had a conversation about me? And said, so we got to go get him. Like, Marquise was yeah. on yeah. all these people's minds yeah. that they're thinking, this is public enemy number one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. to me, like, that was overkill. Yeah. You could have knocked on my door and just been like, hey, Keys, come on. Come and I would have been like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I would have went. Right. I guess I'm different, yeah. you know. I was, you got me. Most people would have run though. Yeah, you got one of the guys who was with me. Tried to, yeah. <laughs> he tried to. He didn't get very far. Yeah, you got to be in shape, right? You got to be disciplined. Yeah, police ain't slowing down. No, they got extra help. They got CBs. When right. we were kids, that's how we knew if we were if we were fast enough. Can you outrun a CB? Mm. It wasn't a cop. Who yeah. cares about a cop? This yeah. is one person. Yeah. Can you outrun that CB? No. Can you outrun that helicopter? Yeah. If you've never been chased by a helicopter, mm. you just don't really know right. how ridiculous it feels yeah. to be driving down the street and there is a giant light light yep. beam yep. and everybody thinks you're OJ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. they looking at you like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. That that the helicopter is following you. Yep. And I've had that happen to me multiple times. Mm. And, you know, luckily for me, I wasn't doing anything at those times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was. It, it's a scary feeling. Because you just don't know. You don't know. Am I going to get beat up? Am I going to get shot? Am mm-hmm. I? You know what I mean? This is long before the George Floyd things. Mm-hmm. These are like when Rodney King was okay. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> you know, when that was kind of acceptable behavior right. for police officers. Right. Um, and so those days, you had to be very careful. Uh, but yeah, so it, it when when I think back to those days, that was my very first thought was, I now have to go sit, first of all, do the math and figure out how long he just said I have to be sentenced. And then, what if I don't like these people? Right. What if they don't like me? Yeah, nobody's surveying, oh, surveying man, that. Yeah, they what don't is care. this like? Yeah. What so, if I don't like my cellmate? Yeah. <laughs> like that's, the, you know, I, and, and like an idiot, I looked up the rules. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. look up the rules to prison. No. Because it's the dumbest thing ever. You yeah. know what the first rule is? What's that? Don't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what the number two rule is? Don't kidnap someone. Mm. I was like, they got to put this in the rules? Yeah. And so, you know, I... I immediately went into mad panic, like, man. I mean, it's not as bad as they made it seem, though. Mm-hmm. It's like high school, just with no women. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. Okay. You got cool kids. You got non-cool kids. Yeah, you got people that's bored. All these different you got real. You got some real thugs. Yeah. But you also got some idiots. Yeah. You know, and then you have some uh, jocks. Yeah. And then you have the, the uh, what we like to call the army men, the... Be all you can be. Yeah. You know, these were the guys that had Lamborghinis and, you know, Porsches, mm-hmm. you know, and they drove a different car every week and private jets. Some of them did, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, federal prison, you just never know. Right. And uh, so the time, you know, it just it just was one of those things I try to figure out, like, how am I going to make the best use of my time mm. now that I'm gone? And so what I did was I created an Amazon wish list. Okay. And I gave it. I printed it off, gave it to all my family members. I said, if you ever think about me, you get sad, my birthday, send me one of these books. Mm-hmm. These are the books I want to know. And so that's what I did is I, I told everybody, all right, looks like it's over. Yeah. And I went back in the back and they uncuffed me and we did the thing, mm. you know. Yeah. So you mean to tell me your customer discovery process started in prison? Started in prison. Wow. I started by interviewing the 1,500 guys I had on the yard. Wow. Yeah. 
And so, because they all they all ended in the same place, so it was a controlled environment. Yeah. So what I did was, is I started to take the time to figure out why was I was there. Yeah. Yeah. What was my purpose for being there? Yeah. Because prison, you know, when you look at it, it's like it's like I said, it's it's like a dangerous recreational facility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's people that got tempers that fly. You can get stabbed. You can get killed. Right. But it's just like out here. If you're not disrespectful to people, mm-hmm. if you're not stealing from people, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, blatantly just out there trying to get yourself in a situation, mm-hmm. people are not just going to walk up to you and be like, hey, black man, uh, blah, 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 and stab you because there's long-term ramifications right. that will affect not only them on this yard, but people on another Another yard. one, yeah. And so- you can't just act like you want to. There's shot right. callers. There's people that get to put you in check yeah. if you get out of line. Okay. So it's not as free willy-nilly as they try to make it sound. Okay. What it is is it's a structured situation that teaches you discipline. You got to think in America, Aaron, there are three institutions you will touch mm-hmm. in America. You will go to one, mm-hmm. okay? College, mm-hmm. armed forces, right. or prison. prison. Yep. You will touch one. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I yeah. think I said it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you will touch one, and you have to, because if you look at it, they all are the same. Mm-hmm. When you go to college, they make you go to an orientation. Mm-hmm. You got the dean that comes in, tells you what you can and can't do, tells you all this cash division, mm-hmm. and then they give you to this RA that mm-hmm. walks you around, tells right. you where you can and can't hang, what you can and can't do, blah, right. blah, blah. Then you split up into groups, which is based on class. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're a sportsman, whether you're at intellect, whatever the case may be. Whether you're a sophomore, whether you're a freshman. Correct. Right. Now, when you get into the Army, same thing. Drill Mm -hmm. sergeant comes in, tells you what you can and can't do, who you can and can't be. Boom. Here's your squad leader. Mm -hmm. They break you up. This is where you can go. This is where you can't go. Then you break up into rank. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Same thing. Now, when you come to prison... Same thing. Warden mm-hmm. comes in, tells you what you can and can't do. Under warden, they all da da da. Then they break you up to the shot callers and they tell you, this is where you can go. This is where you can't go. This is what you can and can't do. Mm. And these are the people are, who are now your friends. Mm-hmm. And you break up into race. And one more question and we'll do a call to action. Uh, with all of the, all that you shared, ups and downs, you know, uh, some prison time, you know, birthright living legacy and, all of your the things that you're leading now, the the um, actually when I first met you, I don't know if you remember this, was at a score, uh, not score, um, meeting on the minds. No, it was the uh, the the uh, oh the bold meeting. Bold, yes, yes, it was bold. That's what it was. I met you at a bold at a restaurant, yeah. and I'm like. Who's this gregarious guy? You know, he's <laughs> laughing, he's amiable, and he's friendly, and you know. And uh, we 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 had a, a conversation, and after that, we just started this friendship. And we, yeah. You know, it's been it's been great. Um, but with all the work that you've done, and all that you're doing, and all the things that you've had to endure, how do you, and how have you held on to hope? Well, I hold on to hope because every day I get to go home, and I get to kiss my wife. Yeah. And I get to see my son, who is now one. Wow. Wow. You know, when was his he'll, birthday? He'll be two in July. Oh, okay. I don't do the months. I don't count the months. Got it. But he'll be two in July. And to see him gives me hope to know that, one, I have somebody. One, I have my one person yeah. 
that if all else fails, I know she has my back. Mm -hmm. And I have hers. And she'd be willing to die for that. Yeah. And his hope, because he has my namesake, Mm. he is my living legacy right now. Because my other three kids didn't get that opportunity. But he is Marquise Dennis Jr. Mm -hmm. And so that's what gives me hope. And then every time I talk to a dad that gets to experience something Mm -hmm. that I have given them. Man, listen. So... In the program, when we took the new R, right, Yep. one of the fathers that was there Mm -hmm. ended up coming to birthright for a meeting. Yep. And we started talking about interviewing dads, right? (laughs) And he got so angry, so angry. He was like, man, how dare you say this? Just pulled me over a week ago, this last Saturday, and said, hey, I need to tell you about what happened when I did what you said. Hmm. And he said, bro, I wasted 14 years thinking something that wasn't true. Mm. I did what you said, and I interviewed my dad as if he was a stranger. Mm. And I found out that what I told myself Mm -hmm. had absolutely nothing to do with what he said. And I wasted 14 years. Wow. And I said... Man, that gives me hope. That's when it it lights up for Mm -hmm. me because now another person gets it. Right. Now another person can go and say, what? Yeah. I could have been doing something impactful. Right. This whole time. Yeah. And now he can trust one more person. Yep. In addition to family, in addition to his fiance, Mm -hmm. he now has one more person, not to blindly trust, but Mm -hmm. to say, you know what? I can ask about this. Yeah. And he will give me advice. I had another guy that was on my podcast and I just said it like flippantly. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about going to meet your dad? Because he's an adopted child. Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, no. Just this last year, this mm-hmm. year, 2023, mm-hmm. went to go visit his father for the first time. This guy says to me, he said, Marquise, I met my bio family. Mm -hmm. I met my sisters, met my mom. He said, but my dad, I would move to Atlanta today just to be close to him. Mm. He said, because what he does to me when I just talk to him about business, Mm -hmm. I feel my confidence, my very being change for the better. And I said, that's what gives me hope to know that they are their actual breakthroughs, mm. their actual father wounds being healed, mm. their actual things that are changing. Mm. It's more than policy. It's more than checking a box for grants. It's yeah. more than reporting. Oh man, we touched this many people and did that. Right. It's about real live yeah. impact. Impact. Yeah. Because now his daughter is no longer, man, when he was on the podcast, he said something that changed my life. Mm. As an adopted child, he said, I love my daughter so much because she is the only person I am related to by blood that I know. Wow. How's that? How's that for making you have to reevaluate how, <laughs> how flippant we live life Thinking, I don't know anyone. Wow, with my blood. Wow. Crushed me. 
Wow. And so for him now to not only know his bio family, mm-hmm. mom, bio sister, mm-hmm. bio sisters, now he knows his dad mm-hmm. and his brothers. It doesn't diminish his relationship with his mom and mm-hmm. an adopted dad who passed away. It actually heightens the experience because he knows they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Whereas these kids had to give me up because I could not have right. made it right. if they would have tried to keep me at that age. But by the grace of God, these people came and took me in, raised me to a level to where I could even be able to see the world in a way that I could still make it. But now I have my full value intact. And it just, that, that's the kind of stuff that really impacts my life. I, as you were saying that, I was getting a mental picture Ah, man. I want to go down another lane. <laughs> Listen, at this point, we should probably make this one a two-parter anyway. Where, yeah, where are we at with time? Uh, well, I mean, we had a couple of you know, technical glitches, but technically we, we, we were recording for an hour and eight minutes. That's what I thought. <laughs> I That's what I thought. <laughs> Shoot. Marquis doesn't do short podcasts. I told you, man. Yeah. I, already, I already knew. All right. Uh, I wanted to go down another lane. We'll come back. We'll come back. We'll come back. Okay, okay. Uh, what's the call to action? What's your call to action? Uh, uh, so, um, social media, you know. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you can find us on any of the social media platforms. Um, you know, myself personally, Marquise Dennis. Um, you know, at brlivinglegacy.org. dot uh, org, or you could just look us up at brlivinglegacy.com.org, dot org, mm-hmm. birthrightlivinglegacy.com.org. dot org. We got all the names. Yes, uh, and then you can just uh, you can call us nine one eight nine two two nine four four five. I'm very transparent, very open, uh, and we would love to have you, man. Like, um, you know, we have biweekly fatherhood meetings where you can come as a dad. You know, you don't have to have my story. Mm-hmm. In order to be able to partake and then be able to get community with other fathers and learn from each other about how we are able to pivot and 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 become better, because that's the only way that we rise as a community is that one we do the work internally, but two be able to be held accountable to other people that have our same standards and that have our same uh, ideals, so that way we can move forward. And our ideals are that we validate the merit that fathers bring to parenting. So if you believe in that, if you believe that fathers add value to the parent experience, Mm -hmm. to the father and child and mother and child experience, whether they're in the home, out of the home, or incarcerated, then, hey, we are the place for you. You don't have to be estranged from your kids in order to be able to be a part of what we're doing. Matter of fact, most of the people that are in our program either have no kids Mm -hmm. or their grandfathers or they're around their kids every day. I am just a small sliver of people that have uh, the story that I have. Mm -hmm. The reason I got the story I have is because I believe God said to me, I need somebody that has your story that I can trust. Mm. And I'm trusting to tell it because I'm letting those guys know that they can reimagine how they can be as a father. They can reimagine how they see their careers. They can reimagine their lives. And it may not be me, right. but I can definitely show you where Aaron is at. Yeah. I can definitely show you where New You is at yeah. because it does that. When yeah. my wife comes home now, yeah. every time, yeah. after every Tuesday, yeah. it's a whole nother crystal. Oh, she wow. comes home like... Ah, it was good. Wow. I, go, I know. 
That's why I told you to go. Wow. This is why I on you about my di- my diploma. I got to have it yeah, yeah, hanging. Yeah, yeah. I need people to see yeah. because it's re- it, you know, it's it's really easy to co-sign for friends. Yeah, it is. But yeah. it's different right. to be able to we say, through it. man, yeah. if I don't know you, yeah. I would still be rah-rahing right. the same because right. it is that impactful. Yeah. And when I look at the things I did mm-hmm. to get me through prison, yeah. when I look at the quotes, the books mm-hmm. that you reference, the yeah. things that you use, mm-hmm. those are some of the same tactics yeah. that I had to use. But you have created a guaranteed roadmap to get them there. Mm-hmm. I fumbled and struggled. There was a lot of different turns that I took in the middle. Right. Had knew you existed for me then, mm-hmm. I would I would be where I am today. Wow. But having it where I am now, I got to reimagine right. the 2.0 version of this guy. Right. And it's easy to say, oh man, all, all he did was this. No, 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 no. It's about the community that you have right. one. Right. Then it's about the trusted guide. Mm-hmm. You know, you are like a Sherpa. You know what I mean? You're not getting to Everest without the Sherpa. Mm-hmm. You can feel how you want about the Sherpas, but I'm telling you, right. this is how you get there. Right. And if you want to go by yourself, you'll join the many dead people that are there. We'll pass, we'll pass you we'll in a couple the, days, right, yeah. and I'll bring you down and bring your family. Just make sure you got your, dag t- your dog tags out front so yeah. I know who to call. Yeah. But you're a Sherpa that is taking people on a guided tour. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish their journey. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets to the top of Mount Everest and says, man, it was cool. I was, you right. know, I tried to go by myself, though. Right. They wouldn't let me go. I mean, you can't even go up there without the Sherpa. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say is like, new you is that checking in with the Sherpa mm-hmm. to say, hey, whether I'm in English, whether I'm in Spanish, mm-hmm. you guys know how to get me to the mountaintop. Nice. It's going to look different for me because I'm going to look at a different view. Right. Your job is just to get me up there so I can choose the view yes. I want. Yeah. And that's why it's so valuable is because you know that. You're not gonna let you're not gonna come with me that last quarter of the month. Yeah. You're gonna let me walk on up there and get what I get got coming. Yeah. Because yeah. for you, all, listen, all that time we had to impart, mm-hmm. the tents, the survival, the mm-hmm. talk, they believe they bought in. And that's where you get to say, all right. Mm-hmm. I get to see another person make it to the mountaintop. Man. And when they come back down and go tell their friends, mm-hmm. they're going to say, man, I met Aaron Wiggum mm-hmm. on the way. Yep. And that's what brings me so much joy, man, is because wow. I know that anybody I send your way, your team mm-hmm. exude the same character, the same enthusiasm, mm-hmm. excitement. I know that if I spoke Spanish and I went through that course, mm-hmm. I would have the exact same experience, yeah. but more, more fit for my culture. Right, yeah. When I went through the Noir, I knew it was going to be fit for my culture. Right, yep. Going through the new you, I, why do you think I sat up there all the time? And listen, because I knew yeah. that it was same but different. Mm-hmm. It was set for the temperature of what was needed for me to get there. Right. I might be in a wheelchair and I want to get to Everest. Yeah. But you got a, a path for me to go. Yeah. I might be very healthy. I might climb a lot of mountains. You got a path for me. Mm-hmm. This might be my first time ever trying a mountain. You know that you got to take a lot more breaks mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. And that's it. But that's why a Sherpa is needed. Yeah. You know, what people don't realize is Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. King all, LeBron, they all, they got, all got a coach. Yep, yep, all got a all coach. Of them. Yep. Yeah, all of them. Man, this has been special. I 
It's the best place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I appreciate love it. you, brother, and I love you, man. I'm yeah. so glad that we have been connected. I believe we've been divinely connected. Absolutely. And um, I support the work that you're doing uh, holistically. And, um, you know, there's more to come from you and for you. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that as it unveils. You've heard another edition of New Voices. We are so excited that you tuned in. Please take the time to like, share, and follow. Also, go to LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be looking for you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Voices. Visit our website at www.newutulsa.com. That is N-E-W-U Tulsa.com. Follow us on social media at New U Tulsa on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And a special thank you to our producer, Jesse Ulrich. If you're looking for self-improvement, join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New U is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus.